I am so excited to introduce our guest to you today. I'm going to be speaking with Chris McClendon. I've been working with Chris for a number of years, and I am so excited to be able to tap into the treasure that is in Chris's heart. And obviously, as you see by the title, Heart of Gold, it is something that I say to Chris every time I see him, almost. I try every time I see him, or, or at least uh, in, a, in a given week, I try to remind him that he has a heart of gold. And there's so many things that I could say about that, and I hope that I get to capture that the best I can and draw that out. And really, I think it's really going to be Chris that shows you just by his authenticity and his genuine spirit of love that there's so much gold. And so I hope you enjoy this time. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that you feel challenged. And I hope that you look back on this as one of your favorite episodes. It's definitely going to be my favorite. Um, So thank you so much for being here today. And now we'll get to our conversation with Chris McClendon. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the TLGE Network podcast. I am so excited to introduce my guest this week. I am sitting with Chris McClendon, and we are going to jump right into how we know each other. Chris, before we uh, get started with how we know each other, will you walk us through just a little bit about who you are, how you got to Sioux Falls, and a little bit of your story? Let's see, my name is Chris McClendon, and um, I've been living in Sioux Falls since 2010. Um, I started working with Select by 2012, and at that time, before I working for Select, I was just working at High V and just doing odd jobs there with, like, sacking, doing some stocking, and let's see... So then, at some point, um, I went over and did work with a construction company for a while, um, as for a couple of years before I started working with Select. Let me see. I do have a um, sister. Um, I do have adopted parents, yeah. and I do have a um, corgi as a dog. Yeah. <laughs> but um, after working for a construction company for a while. Um, I ran into Nate Tenopel over at Church of the Gate. Um, at some point we'll talk about the testimony, yeah. but meaning Nate allowed me to, um, come work for Select. Yeah. And I've been working for Select since 2012, I believe. Um, it's been probably a good seven plus years with Select. Um, through that time, I met many people in the company, and the one person I did meet was Gordon Stewart. Yeah, here we are. He's a person that I care about a lot, and also been working for um, throughout the summers. We've been able to work together painting. Um, also, Gordon has taught me how to crew lead um, back it's probably about a year ago, mm-hmm. maybe longer. Mm-hmm. But that's how I met Gordon. Um, let me see. That's good. What brought you to Sioux Falls originally? Oh, and before I forget, um, originally what brought me to Sioux Falls was my um, adopted parents. Um, my dad used to work for Earth's Data Center outside of Sioux Falls. And that's what brought me here. 
Yeah. Um, back in 2004. Yeah, good. And when did they move back to Texas? Um, see, doing this after I graduated high school, uh, my parents did move um, back to uh, Mississippi um, after I graduated from Roosevelt. And that's when they, that's where they have been staying ever since. When I think about introducing Chris, obviously you'll see it in the title, and that's a man with a heart of gold. And I've been working with Chris now for four plus years, and I have had so much fun. Out of all the people that I've got to work with, uh, every time I get to work with Chris, it is so much fun. He works incredibly hard and such a great learner in the midst of the painting trade and with blue collar trades, there's always something new to learn or a new trick or a new tip. And Chris is always so willing to learn and it's so fun to learn with him. And when I think back to the first memory I have with you, it's obviously a lot of different stories, but I think where we really got to know each other was about two summers ago, uh, would have been the fall technically, but it was, yeah, it was when, when we were concluding the summer and we got to uh, work together for Christmas lights and for painting. So that was a really fun fall season and it was him and I working on a crew together for, for a number of months and unforgettable and every day was special and new and a lot of (laughs) a lot of learning how to do christmas lights and be professional painters at the same time so i'm so excited to get to our episode i'm excited to hear your testimony chris which is what we're going to jump into here now and anything else you want to say before we jump into testimony Nothing I have to say right now. I can think off the top of my head. Yeah. But I appreciate Gordon and I appreciate the years we have worked together. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Jumping in. We're going to jump into the next section of our episode, which is sharing stories. And Chris has decided to share his testimony with us, and I am super excited to hear it. And I know Chris really well, but it's always awesome to be able to hear a testimony afresh and just know where God has been in your life, where you are now with God, and where you see yourself in the future. That's really what I would love to hear is just the full picture of, of where you've been in life and where you're going. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, we'll go, uh, go ahead and we'll start the earliest memory I have of... Probably would start back um, at high school because I remember back when I was in high school, uh, most people, most of the people that select, probably few people know this, right. is that back then um, I did drink, right. um, I did smoke, right. I did stay out late, um, I did stuff, I did steal back in high school. And back then, it was just looking at it now. It wasn't necessarily a fun time. It was a time when um, I necessarily did not know Jesus. Um, I was very opposite. 
I was very didn't care at all. Um, I was hanging out with the wrong crowd during high school. Um, And it actually got to a point where um, at this time, um, my dad did get remarried. And at that time, it did cause um, stress on my parents. Um, because I remember distinctly coming home and then dad taking me off to the side. And he just said, I don't know what to do with you. Because wow. um, it got that bad. Wow. And I caused a lot of stress for my mom. Your new mom. Yeah, my new mom. Right. Um, caused her to actually cry. Wow. And she didn't know what to do with me. Um, so that's kind of... During my high school years, dad went on for a very long time from... From I was freshman to senior, that the way it was. Wow. Uh, my family just had lots of stress, and I was definitely not living a life that Jesus would have want. I was living a life way opposite of my parents and what they have taught me over those years. Which was a Christian foundation? Um, just what they taught me was just don't do this stuff that's going to lead to this consequence. Um, be a good person, don't get involved into this stuff, um, don't get involved with this group of people. He's just, th- my parents are just trying to look out for me and trying to get me away from the stuff they got into um, during my high school. Yeah. Uh, my dad always taught me, work hard, don't do this, don't go off into that direction. And he just taught me to try to be a good, upstanding citizen. Um, but during my high school years, that was not the case um, with me. So during my high school years, that's the way it was. Um, after high school, um, I still was the same person. I still was smoking and was hanging out with bad and wrong crowd. And at this time, that's um, I played lots of video games. Video games became in um, just more time than when I should have. But I was still smoking. Um, I didn't drink as much, but it was still around. So that went on for probably about two years after high school. And at this time, my parents, Nessie, didn't go to church um, during high during senior year. Junior and senior year, me and Nessie didn't go to church. Um, during my freshman year, we did, but it's more of me just going to church just because um, it wasn't necessarily me going because I wanted to, because I was looking for Jesus. That was not the case. So, um, during this time after high school, I did meet one of my f- friends way back when um, that would kind of help start the process in regarding of me um, coming to Jesus. Who was that? Um, it was um, Jacob Muntz. Wow. It, it actually was Aaron Muntz's brother. Right. He's been on the podcast twice. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. Awesome. So one night we, um, and at this time, we did play video games together. So that's how I met Jacob. Um, we did play video games at the same place together a lot of times. What games were you playing? Um, games, uh, sorry, uh, blah. At this time, we were playing lots of like AOE, um, Call of Duty. Oh, what should I think about the games? Those are the big ones. 
Those are the big ones I can what remember. System? What system are you on? Um, we were playing on an Xbox a lot okay. and a PC a lot. Okay. Um, we did play AOE 2 a bunch. So that's how you met Jacob? Yep, that's how I met Jacob. Um, and then I think during this time he met Jesus or something happened with him going to Awakening down in IHOP. Wow. Um, but then at some point when he came back... He um, asked me to come over to a um, friend's house where they were praying for each other. Okay. I did not know why I went at the really? time. I think it was just fine staying home and just staying at the place just playing view games all day. I really didn't care. Uh, so for some reason I went yeah. um, over and that's when I met a few few other people, few questions there and saw that process. Do but you remember those people? Um, let's see. It was um, Alex Payton, Perry Klaus. Oh, boy. And Jacob. And, and Jacob and a few other people that, um, that, I, that I met there. Wow. But we got in a circle. Um, we started to pray for each other. It became my turn to pray. And I don't know why I said yes, frankly, at the time. I don't know why. I We had the urge to just go home and just display video games at the time. So, um, to my knowledge, this is how I remember... This is what I was told afterwards, but I think I remember most of it is... Um, they put their hands on my shoulder at the time, and I don't remember what was said exactly. Right, right. But everybody prayed over me, yeah. and all of a sudden, um, at this time, my heart was still hard. Uh, my heart was hard as a rock. Wow. It definitely was not soft. But as they prayed for me, I could feel um, the rock just break. Wow. Um, I could feel Jesus just come in, and... Him just saying, I was waiting for you this whole time. Wow. Um, I opened my arm. I, he was just opening his arms. But I could feel my heart just break into like a soft heart, not a hard heart anymore. And then they did tell me they did cry for like 20 minutes. I was sobbing. I don't recall any of that. Wow. But they told me I did. <laughs> um, so that's when I encountered Jesus that night. Um, and ever since then, I definitely noticed a change in regards of, like, I noticed that I actually don't drink, I don't smoke. Um, I stopped hanging out with the crowdies in high school. Um, let me see. I also noticed that, um, smoke, that my language has gotten a lot better. Um, back then, I was in high school. I did. I noticed I did cuss a lot. I did. My language was a little bit foul, but ever since then, accounting Jesus that night, um, it has changed. Um, I would say also, my personality has changed a little bit. And regards to just, I'm more of a caring person right. to people. So true. Um, I look in the good of people. Yes. Back in high school, that was not the case. Wow. I did not care about people back in high school. It was entirely opposite. Um, let me see. And also, later that day, a couple of days afterwards, 
Um, I did apologize to my parents. Um, I did actually write them a letter because by this time they already moved. Um, So I did mail them a letter just apologizing for the way that I've been in high school, um, for how much stress and how much pain I caused them. And I did mail them a letter to each of them. And um, I think a year ago, my dad did bring up the letter and just said, hey, I appreciate the apology and... Um, mom and dad, my mom and dad just appreciate uh, me doing that. Wow. Let's see. And then after, after that, um, after that, it definitely helped me in regards of like select. Um, before I came into select, I still had that hard heart. And before I came in select, I definitely was not the same person I'm in now. Mm-hmm. So I came into Select with a new heart, with a new personality, um, and with a new caring to people. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, I would say to people that listen to this and the people that think that Jesus necessarily isn't there, Jesus is there. He's just waiting for you to come to him. It doesn't matter how long it takes you could be in far left, but Jesus is right there waiting for you. So ever since then, um, entirely different person. Um, I don't know exactly what Jesus has planned for me for the future yet. Um, but for me, I'm like, Jesus has a plan. So whatever that plan Jesus has, he'll make it happen. And whatever it is in the future... I necessarily don't know right off the top of the head. Right. You have your degree in teaching. Um, yes, and I do have a degree in early childhood teaching, yeah. which that that was a miracle that that happened <laughs> um, because there was, uh, when I first started that degree in early childhood, this was... Oh. That was old Chris. Yeah, well, actually, I'm trying to think. I believe, yeah, but this either owned me or shortly after, no, this is after counting Jesus. Oh, it was. You went in yeah, but went in right after counting Jesus at some point. You started going for teaching? Yep, I started to go for early childhood um, teaching. Yeah. But during that time, that was a little bit rough because the first year I got lots of Fs on my wow. first year. Wow. But think just. The people around me, they would help encouraging me, but also my teacher was very eminent that I just stay in there and just take longer with it. Um, so um, during that time, I at college, I just was still counting Jesus. I still, um, at that time, I did go to church a lot more and became very involved with my youth and the children. Um, during that time, and let's see, and it took me about I think, a year extra to get a two year two year degree done. Mm. So I do have the degree, and it definitely was an interesting courses, and definitely appreciate the teacher. Um, being to just encourage me to stick in there. Um, you, I know you're the only one of the only guys that gone through this. Right. Um, 
when I graduated, I believe I was the third or fourth guy to go through it in the program. But um, I definitely stuck through it with the teacher, but also with Jesus through this time because he just helped me just keep a mindset of just go through it, keep going, keep going. So that's the time I was in college. Um, that's so good. And now we've been painting together ever yep. since. Yep, but now we've just been painting together ever since. I like hearing your heart, man. I, I love hearing your story. That was such a good job processing, you know, just the imagery of what your heart was like before Jesus and what happened when you met him, that softening. That was so cool. Um, I'm excited to get to our next section. We're going to get back to work now for a while, and uh, we'll record this on another day. But I'm excited to jump into our next section. So thank you so much for sharing your testimony, and I'm excited for everyone to get to know you more. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is day two of recording with Chris, and I get to have him all week during lunchtime to be able to Uh make this podcast a reality. So thanks so much for tuning in. I've asked Chris to think back to the experience he had with Jacob and when he came to know Jesus and and he had that heart change. I've asked him to kind of think back to that time and help us kind of understand what happened afterwards and how does how does the how do the dots connect around how did your relationship with Jacob continue? Did you get connected to church? What did that look like? And so I'll let you kind of pick up from there, and we'll uh, we'll listen in. So thanks so much, Chris, for being here. Uh, thank you. Um, let's see. After Jesus got uh, after Jacob got me connected with the group I talked about in the last podcast, um, then he um, invited me to Church of the Gate, um, and that's how I kind of started to get connected to Church of the Gate. Um, that's how I kind of met other people at Church of the Gate and started to get involved with the children initially at first. Mm. Um, As time went on, um, then eventually I became connected with the youth. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started to do um, both, children and youth. Wow. Um, And as I spent my time there, um, I definitely noticed like, Initially, after accounting Jesus having a heart kind of broken and softened, I just definitely noticed that it became more softened as I worked with the kids yeah. um, and working with the children ministry there at Church of the Gate. Yeah. Um, also with the youth, I noticed my heart just became more like towards that and became more like um, try to do more than what necessarily like youth leaders are called to be. Um, I do believe in that youth leaders are called to go be above and beyond with the youth kids. Um, go to games whenever you get a chance to. Go to the events wherever you get events whenever you get a chance advice. to. That's great advice. Um, and also just come to their level um, with youth kids, but also um, the children. Let me see. And as the years went on, um, me and Jacob. We um, got closer together. Um, eventually, we did decide to um, become roommates um, during a time. 
Um, during that time when we became roommates, um, Jacob did help me realize that relationships are very important. Yeah. Um, we were very initially, like, um, sometimes it helps someone that necessary you know to help you realize that there's some things that you need to work on yeah. um there's some things that you need to grow on um Talk so a little bit about that in regards to uh how did you guys decide on where you were going to live okay. a little bit talk to me about some of the boundaries you were talking to me about right. in regards to you know what were some things that he was doing that were hard for you and what were some things you were doing that were hard for him and how did the communication go okay let's see um let's see the way we decided let's see to like live is during this time before jacob was going to move in i actually bought a house okay gotcha. um and then i was staying with jacob's family until the house was going to be done being remodeled okay then um jacob came in um right away we um, wrote out a contract. Um, I do give you, I do give you guys advice that if you ever have a roommate, even if even if it's your friend, write out a contract. Yeah, that's what we did right away. Um, on a contract was boundaries related to what I'm responsible for, what Jacob is responsible for. So um, once we start living together, um, it was definitely interesting because for me i lived with other people in the past um that were not like we didn't have boundaries in the past with people i lived in the past there was no boundaries necessarily there wasn't as much count accountability um with the roommates i had in the past and it was very kind of easygoing nonchalant in the past roommates i had yeah. um, but with jacob he helped me as time went on um, just to grow into boundaries, to grow into like be intentional, and also to grow in um, just like be respectable. Wow. Um, because at this time I was working different hours than he was. He was working different hours than I was. So it just helped me be more, definitely be more intentional with Jacob and be more, um, May put more time away, like to be to spend time with my roommate. Yeah. Um, we both during this time, we both this he didn't play video games as much. We both cut back. Um, he liked um, board games a lot during this time, and he invited me um all the time to play view to play board games with them. Yeah. Um. So during that time, it also helped us to strengthen our relationship living together. Yeah. Um, and also help us just communicate better. Um, because for me, I like to think a lot and like to think on the, um, think on it more than, um, necessarily like Jacob would think on, think on it, but I would think on it a little bit more than he did. <laughs> and, um, I would come at it, usually come at it with a kind of like, not necessarily a solution right away. I would come more of like ideas, ideas and questions. And questions. Um, but Jacob, being that he is a very, he's a good good friend, good guy. He has a very um, logical mindset. Yes. Very very logical. Yeah. And that to me was like, 
I can think I can think about that deep, but not necessarily that deep. <laughs> so good. So so that was some of the things as far as as conflicts rose up yeah. and disagreements. You guys would have to process things differently. He would yes. he would think about it more mathematically and logically, and you're thinking about it more emotionally and kind of vision what could be some best options. Yeah, and usually like with conflicts, me and Jacob would kind of like. We would step back. I mean, one conflict is that I brought something into the living room and forgetting in my head, wait, Jacob's, is, Jacob's pauses too because he's my roommate. Yeah. I mean, he's still part of living there. So um, I remember with that conflict, we just kind of stepped back from each other and kind of just came back with the mindset, okay, what, what did I do to hurt you and what can... What can we both do to help um, resolve so this conflict? So good. How long did you live with him? Uh, me and Jacob lived together for boy, about two plus years. Okay. Um, we ne- we don't live together anymore. Right. Um, he moved to Washington. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we still commu- keep in communication with each other. Um, but that's where he's at now. That's um, so good. And just to kind of bring it to the next step here before we get into the equipping section, when you think back to, you know, your time at Church of the Gates, you've been there ever since you got, you met Jesus. What for you guys? And, uh, and, and Jacob's been in your life ever since. What for pretty much Jacob has been in my life since um, I encountered Jesus. Yeah. 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 So who would you say has been closest to you when you think back to, you know, all these years, you know, whether it's someone checking in in on you weekly, someone, you know, connecting with you monthly, whether it's a, whether it's a friend or whether okay. it was someone at the church, like who was it in your life that has really been there? Okay. Um, let's see. Um, I would say the person um, that has been in my life, um, would be um, probably the person that comes to mind is Jared Dupert yeah. um, and his family. Yeah. Um, because I think I met Jupert, D- Jared Dupert soon after at some point. Right. And then um, as time went on, as being a youth leader, we had grown closer together. And he usually checks up on me. If he doesn't see me at church for a while, he will call me. Yeah. And ask something or ask wherever I've been. Good, good. Um, he usually takes up on me um, because most people at Churchgate know that that for me, um, family-wise, I do not necessarily have any family here. Right. Um, so I'm on my own regarding just family. But Jed has been a good just support. Right. Um, he's been checking in. Um, we've been hanging out once in a while. What would a hanging out look like for you and Jared? Um, Not doing snow. No. But that does kind of count, right? <laughs> yeah, that does count. <laughs> when you spend all night with someone working, yeah. that, that kind of counts. But uh, if it's not work-related or Sunday night-related okay. or you know, or Wednesday night-related, sorry, Wait. and then Sunday mornings, has there been anything else that you guys have done together? Um, let's see. In the past, we've done, like, I'll come over, like, an evening meal once in a while. Awesome. Um, with him and his family. Good. Um, he believes in just, like, coming, coming, Nessie, not, like, 
coming real with people when people come over regarding like well if the house isn't clean he's it's like no it's this is he wants us to be involved in his life yeah so he just come he necessarily won't clean the house necessary if if let's say he just he does it on a whim he necessarily won't clean the house because right. he wants you to come over and just he wants to be real with you. That's good. That's awesome. So we did a couple of those once in a while. Um, That's awesome. I think we did Super Bowl at, at his house a couple of times. Yeah, that's good. So. That's good. Man. Um, coffee together? You guys ever go to? Yep, yeah, we did coffee um, a couple of times. Cool. He's been a good, um, let's say, a good, like, um, spiritual father here yeah. um, as the years have gone on. Um, we're going to jump into the equipping section. Uh, I have one more question on my mind, uh, before I jump into, um, what's your relationship look like with, uh, with your family as they've been long distance, you know, and and, Um, and you talked about in your testimony, you know, uh, I can't remember if you shared on the episode yesterday if you if you wrote them a letter or not i feel like that was after we got done recording that you shared about the letter maybe you shared i can't remember will you just talk about your relationship with your parents as they've been as they've been like in a different place um our relationship with my parents has been very good um me and me uh my dad and me are pretty close um usually i'll check up on him once a month yeah. Um, he'll do the same thing. Um, my mom uh, would say we are close. Um, I still, out of, out of respect, would either call her original name, which is Renee, or call her mom once in a while, um, just out of respect to dad. Yeah. Um, because I think he's necessarily not used to it yet, or still seems a little bit um, comfortable once in a while if I just say mom. Yeah. So, but... We're close, mom and me, and um, dad and me, we're all pretty close to each other. And I can't remember if you said siblings or not. Like you said, Oh, I have um, one sister. Yeah. Um, Where's she at? She is in Houston, Texas. Hmm. Right now, I would say me and my sister were nesting not as close. Um, I do love my sister to death. That's good. And usually, I do try when I go see family to fit the sister visit into the schedule. Awesome, man. Um, usually, I I keep track of her once in a while if um, when I call my grandparents. Yeah. So good. And then just in case we didn't record it, uh, the, the, the letter to your parents, will you just yes. briefly say that again, what that was? Oh. Um, after I got saved, um, after Jesus came to me, um, at one point after that, um, I did write a letter to my mom and to um, my dad just apologizing for the way I was when I was in high school. Um, I would say that Jesus just, I don't know exactly why I did it, but I know I felt like morally, ethically, I felt, yeah, a conviction. I felt it was just a conviction. It was the right thing to do. Right. So I went ahead and wrote them a letter. Um, by this time, my parents were in Mississippi. So I did write them a letter just apologizing for the way it was so um, powerful, back in high school. 
and the amount of pain I did cause my parents and the amount of just chaos I did. Wow. That's definitely something I want to touch on in the equipping section, just in regards to what it looks like to um, apologize and the power of, you know, asking for forgiveness. And uh, and then you said your dad, he he responded to that letter yes. like a couple years ago. So like there was like a good a like five year gap there, right? Roughly. It's been a while yeah. since when my dad um, responded, but he felt very appreciated. Right. Um, oh, so he definitely felt very, like, um, if he felt, both mom and dad felt very appreciative of the letter. Yeah. Um, they both appreciated the willingness of saying those things and just being vulnerable with them in regards of, well, that's what I did in high school, and that's the stuff I, um, was involved in yeah that's so good i also want to touch on the equipping section uh just your journey to go into uh um youth development specifically in the young adolescent uh i don't know i can't remember what the degree is called so we'll go into that we'll uh we'll put a pause on things for right now and we'll jump into this tomorrow all right all right everybody i am super excited to get into some of the last parts of the podcast i have a special um morning with chris here we were gonna start painting at 8 15 and due to the weather still being a little bit too cold we aren't able to start yet and so we have 30 minutes of mm-hmm. time together here and this should wrap up our episode or get really close to it so where we want to start on the podcast today we want to I want to start with one of our one of our um, questions. I I recently posted a little survey about what our listeners want to hear about on the podcast, and this is from Kale Teeples, and he had this to say: Scripture talks about the importance of repentance and reconciliation. Kale asks, what does it mean to repent and reconcile? How does that affect marriage, relationship, friendship, and business acquaintances? And I think that's a great question, and I want to talk about that. I want to have a conversation around that a little bit. Uh, This section of the podcast is called Equipping. And so what we do, Chris, during this time is we look back on your stories and we think about the spiritual and practical tools you used in your life and are using in your life to help you be the man that you desire to be, to uh-huh. continue to grow and continue to be uh, you know, the man that you believe God's calling you to be. And so I think we can tie it really well into you know where we left off with your parents because it sounds like you did a great job repenting and initiating an act of reconciliation by sending that letter. And even you said yourself, you didn't know exactly why you sent the letter. I mentioned maybe it was a conviction and you agreed with that. And so I think that's just kind of where I want to start things off and, and to really answer Kale's question a little bit more in depth um, you know, I think we can, we can both just kind of have a little bit of a conversation around this. So when you, when you think back to, you know, the, the different, 
times in your life where um, you've repented um, and, and you've um, and you've tried to pursue reconciliation. They're very two uniquely different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, when you think about repentance, what do you think about? So, okay. so when I think about um, repentance. I think about just um, confession. Right. Just saying, um, confessing out what you did wrong, um, confessing out the sins that you might be in, I might not know of. Yeah. Um, I definitely believe that repentance is very important. Um, when I was living with Jacob, um, we both would say, necessarily like what we did wrong to each other. Wow. Um, we both would say out loud if we hurt each other we would go through what how we hurt the person um i definitely believe repentance is very important um in relationships um repentance just helps when you repent it helps build a relationship stronger yes, between trust. each other it builds trust help builds the trust right um it also helps clear the air right um Regarding um, tension, I'm saying tension in the air. So good, clears the atmosphere. Any spiritual residue, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Also, it helps build your relationship back up with the person. Right. And it really shows the person that you care about the person, especially in relationship type of scenario. But also, if they say not in relationship, also helps just show Jesus that you care. Right. Help Jesus show that you value him when you just repented out loud right yeah i want to speak into that so the 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 scripture that i've been processing a lot that i am really excited about is out of first corinthians 11 and i'm just going to read it here briefly but it's been super encouraging it's a scripture about communion but specifically it's talking about examining yourself and in the process of what that means and so here's, here's what it says. But in the following instructions, I do not command you because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is what I want to focus on now. I know that whole scripture might have been a little bit hard to understand, but it was important to just give you context for this part right here. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord 
is an un, in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. This is, this is what I want to focus on. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. And what I want to process with everyone here is how important it is to examine ourselves truly and not minimize our shortcomings and minimize sin and minimize struggles because they're all happening to us every day. We're being tempted and, and a lot of times we just want to minimize. We want to we wanna avoid, we want to ignore, we want to just, you know, try to hide all these things. And God is like, I want you to repent. I want you to confess these things. And, and this is the hardest part. And, and Chris, I know that you, you, you can probably vouch for this as well. Reconciliation is this, I would say, nearly impossible thing unless you have the grace of God. Because reconciliation is communicating the heart of my, my being does not want to do this again. Repentance is the idea of turning away from that thing and, and believing in such a way that you're not going to do it again. And that is really hard. And, and I believe it is truly a supernatural thing to, to really have that be real. And, and I, you know, the best example I can give is thinking about my daughter. She's five years old. And, and she is just really uh, having a hard time adjusting to COVID-19, uh, not being able to go to kindergarten anymore. Her whole schedule has changed. She was doing great in school, and now she's having to do, you know, all this new learning, and, and it's just been really hard on her. And with that, she's had a lot of behavior struggles, and, and what... I've noticed that I want to always say to her is when she does something wrong, I want to, I want to say to Ember, please like, tell me you're not going to do that again. Cause she'll say sorry because I'm asking her to say sorry. And then I want to take it even further. And I want to, I'm asking her like, are, like, can you please tell me you're not going to do that again? And Every time I ask her that, it is just really hard for her. And it's hard for me because like I know most likely she is going to do it again. She's going to forget. Literally, she's going to forget in that moment of whatever that is, whether it's, you know, having a bad attitude or or, you know, uh, you know, just doing, you know, just doing something that she shouldn't do, you know, being too. Uh, uh, playing too hard or, or so many little things that she, that she does, um, that I just like, I want to just say like, please don't ever do that again. And it's really hard for me to set that expectation because 
if if that's what if if that's what re, you know repentance is we all we all know if we really examine ourselves that is really hard and especially if you know if you're following me and you're thinking about the specific struggle the specific sin the specific um you know temptation or 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 um, shortcoming that you're experiencing, you personally, you're having something in your life that just keeps coming up and you're just like, Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. And I want to repent. I don't want to ever do it again, but then you do it again. And so I know how hard it is to commit to yourself that you won't do it again. And here's my encouragement. Stop trying to commit to yourself that you won't do it again and try having that relationship with God. And, and I believe he is a great accountability partner. He is really good at when you mess up, if you mess up, you confess to him and he gives you grace. If you ask for grace and you ask for strength and you ask him for help to not do it again, I believe that there is a, there is a, a path that we can get on with God where we can walk with him and we can avoid uh, those sins, those struggles, those temptations. We really can get to a place where we never do those things that we think are just going to follow us for the rest of our life. What are you thinking, Chris, as you're processing all that? Um, As I'm thinking about it, if you agree with Gordon, that reconciliation is um, tough. Yeah. Um, and if you remember um, when writing those letters, Nessie was was a little bit tough. It was tough for me to kind of like do those and be vulnerable with that because it's just something, Nessie, that isn't natural yeah. for everybody. Sorry about that cutoff in the middle of a sentence. I had a phone call come in and we're going to jump right back into things. So yeah. you were talking about... Just thinking back to the struggle of, yes. of being able to write those letters. Anything else you want to say on that? Um, I definitely encourage you um, that we aren't we aren't perfect. Um, we are human still. We aren't perfect. So Jesus has grace for us to. If we mess up, it's okay. But I definitely encourage all of you that might be going through re- reconciliation. Or thinking about it, do it. It is well worth it in the end. But like we were talking about regarding like a pe- repentance, just confess it out, and then go ahead and attempt to do re- reconciliation. Right, right. Even if the person at the other end doesn't receive it, it's good to try and good to take the first step. Yeah. Just because you never know. Um, I remember, I think before the letters, I actually probably started with reconciliation when um, I remember seeing it was dad, mom, me, and the stepbrothers. And I remember giving mom a present, knowing that she loved music in front of my dad, in front of all my stepbrothers. And... I would say that was the start of it because in a way I showed the stepbrothers that I didn't know that well. 
at the time to show them that hey I want to start I want to start this process this is me in the way of Sabaki saying to you guys that hey I'm gonna love you love you mom as much as I loved my mom um, in the past so it's a way of just starting that process of reconciliation with um, my mom so good. and my dad my dad so was able to see it so I encourage you guys attempt it go after it that's so good man I want to make a distinction here that I think is really important because basically just to highlight the spiritual tools that we're talking about in this equipping section are repentance and reconciliation. That's what we're talking about. And what's really challenging is understanding that repentance and reconciliation with God looks the same as repentance and reconciliation with people. But God is invisible and people are very visible and you're going to very much know how people are going to respond to your repentance and and your 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 desire for reconciliation whereas God you really just have to know his word. You have to know what the Bible says how he's going to respond. And, and that is the huge difference. And so if, if you're going to, for example, repent to someone, if you're going to confess to something that you did to someone else, you don't know how they're going to respond if they're not very, very well read in the Bible. No one knows how someone's going to respond. If, if, they're, if you don't know if they're a, a Christian, um, even even a, a person of faith, it's hard to know how someone's going to respond to your confessing of your wrongdoing towards them. And so then you don't know how reconciliation is going to go either. Here's the amazing thing. God is so faithful. You know how God's going to respond. And that is so beautiful. And so all I can say is, if you need to practice this, practice with God first, not with people. Because if you start reading the Bible and you start looking at the ways to confess, repent, and reconcile with God in your relationship with God, and you practice that and you experience the, the goodness of God, you experience the kindness of God, the, the steadfast love of God, you're going to get very encouraged by the process and you're going to know more of how to do it. You're just going to be practiced in it. And so, oh, I mean, do you agree with that, Chris? Like that would be so awesome for people to practice. Yes, I do agree with Gordon that practice with God first um, before you do it person to person because I get like, I agree with Gordon. You never know how people are going to react. Um, but I do encourage you to practice with God and uh, and there the also the different ways you can do reconciliation. Um, ideally, it'd be person to person, but right. for like my case, right. I couldn't do it person to person because my family was so far away. Right. So like you do it by letters. Um, you could even do it by texting. Yeah. I do agree that I, if it, it's either face-to-face -face yes. or writing it. Yes. Because writing it, you have more time to yeah. process. Um, over the phone, 
would be harder, right? Yes. There's just, uh, there would be, it, it would just be a little bit more challenging. That's what I think. There could be, yep. Those are the main ways. Those are the main ways, yep. Letter, I mean, post to post and ultimately, yeah. um, but letter to letter. Yeah. Um, what's the, case, the, the last resort, it has to be, be phone, texting. Right, right. Because um, you just never know in regards, like, in the future, the person might come back to you. Yeah. And the process might start later, yeah. which is fine. I would advise but. if you are going to do it via texting, I think there still needs to be a face-to-face conversation. Yes. Just from my experience, especially with my wife, um, when we have conflict and we have a problem, it's 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 good to kind of break the ice mm-hmm. of our hard hearts by text message and getting the words out. But... God melts all the ice, all the hardness when you really are face to face and you really are apologizing and you're really communicating the intention of your heart to not do it again. Um, and again, I know that's super hard to say something like that. I'm not going to do it again. I know that's hard, but I believe God gives grace abounding, um, the word says where sin abounds, grace abounds more and more and more and more grace to grace. Um, and so I want to jump into one other thing that's on my heart. Um, and, and that is in regards to, again, Kale's question. And so I'm just going to pull that up again here real quick, just to kind of remind myself because he was talking about marriage, which I just brought up marriage a little bit. We've talked about relationship. You talked about Jacob. Um, we've talked about friendship. That counts as with Jacob as well. Um, business acquaintance. Um, as far as, you know, when I think about repentance and reconciliation with, with you know, being within the business, um, one thing that can be challenging in regards to the business world is sometimes it's it's da- sometimes it's not an atmosphere where you can bring up your faith where you can really be like super transparent and vulnerable there's a certain professionalism there's a certain expectation of like you can't share too many details and so confession, repentance, reconciliation within the business place. I think it's obviously very much important. Um, but anything come to mind for you, Chris, as far as, uh, anything you've experienced in the business place where you've experienced any of this, if not, that's okay. Hmm. Um, I definitely agree with, agree with Gordon that, it's definitely important to bring to bring reconciliation to the business. Yeah. Um, there is a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it necessary. Um, I do agree that in the business in the business world, faith is definitely not easy. It's harder to bring up. It's yeah. not as easy. Yeah. Um, to bring up in the workplace. Um, not all workplaces are open to that. Right. Um, select is, to my knowledge, is very open to it. Right. Um, so, I, th- I think also the, it depends who you're with. Will they determine, kind of determine regarding like faith being brought up. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I guess the only thing that I would want to say briefly is going back to like how you how you initiate the conversation. You know, if if you're if you have conflict with your uh, colleague, you know, it's peer to peer, and 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 you you know want to try to mend some type of conflict or or some type of problem you've been having. Um, I would say the the sooner you can just address that w- person to person, you know, don't go to your supervisor first. Ideally, you can have that conversation and you can start it with text messaging possibly. And 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 in that text messaging, you know, say I I'd, I'd like to talk in person about this, but I just want to get some of these thoughts out initially. Uh that can be kind of a safe way to go about it. And uh otherwise, you know, bringing in a supervisor, you know, if, if, if conflict remains, I think is wise, but I think the biggest thing that comes to mind as far as in the workplace, uh, what, what I've experienced the most is even if I believe the conflict or the problem is like 99% the business and 1% of the problem can be my responsibility there's something that I did to add to this. I need to be humble mm-hmm. and I need to be accountable to my 1% of the problem. And I would put that across all levels of, of relationship, whether it's with God um, or it's with um, our peers or if it's with a business, if it's in our marriage or in our, you know, again, our our significant other or or boyfriend or girlfriend um if if you have one percent of the problem that you you know that you're responsible for be the humble person to apologize first for that one percent and i i almost can assure you every time that will drastically help bring reconciliation if you can really be sorry for the one percent and that won't happen every time there are times where it's a hundred percent someone else's uh problem but i would say most of the time that we are both responsible for for something so that's what i want to kind of conclude with as far as our uh, equipping section and we're going to jump into our challenge section now okay all right thanks everybody all right everybody we have made it to the tail end of our podcast time i'm sitting here with chris and we are enjoying some quiet time here before we jump into this episode so thankful for you thank you so much for listening and what we're gonna do now is go into our challenge section and so I was just talking to Chris about what that looks like, and he's going to start with what he thinks would be a good thing for you to think about this week, and then I'll jump in at the tail end with my challenges. Okay. Well, so I challenge all of you to um, start the process of work consideration with people. I encourage you guys to either... Stop by um, writing letters, 
right now with with the way the country is right now with the yeah. virus. Yeah. I would even encourage you guys to just prep for it. Um, write out your thoughts. Right. Prep out everything. Um, and then I encourage you guys to, encourage you just to start the initiative by just writing out a letter to the person and then um, just do, then schedule a time maybe. Right. Um, just go with the flow with the way the virus is right now. Mm-hmm. But I encourage you guys to just start the process of reconciliation yeah. and forgiveness. Yeah. Um, but I challenge you guys to just start that process either by just prepping for it and just taking out clear thoughts. There's nothing wrong with just prepping and just writing everything down clearly on a piece of paper or on a computer. There's nothing wrong with prep before you actually start doing it. So I encourage you guys to just start doing that and challenge all of you to start doing that. It is very rewarding, especially with the relationships to start that process. Um, there's lots of healing that can come throughout right. with this. Lots of healing for both parties. So I'm going to challenge you guys to just start start on the process. That's so good. One thing I just want to add on his before I go into my challenges would be to talk to someone older than you about what you're writing down and get some discernment on on the story because this is obviously going to have history to it whatever you're whatever you're at, you know getting ready to confess or whatever you're trying to forgive or you have you know something against someone uh someone hurt you and you want to you know let them know that they hurt you there's various levels here there's there's you're possibly confessing something that you did to someone you're possibly going to um you know repent of of something that you know you've been doing that you want to stop doing and and you might you know you might need some accountability to that and and just so people can ask you how you're doing with stopping and then there's people that have hurt you and and you want to you know ask them to you know reconcile basically and and you want to do your part of apologizing and potentially asking for forgiveness even if it's your 1% but then you're very much wanting them to acknowledge their 99%. And that takes a lot of wisdom and discernment on, on who to involve in that process, whether it be a pastor or a counselor, uh, just some type of mediator. could be a family member, if, depending on you know, who the person is in your life. So all that being said, I want to jump into my challenges now. Chris, I loved what you just said, man. So good. My challenges for you this week are to read Deuteronomy 28, 29, 30. And that's going to talk about blessings of, for obedience. It's going to talk about curses for those who don't follow God's laws and commands and the voice of God. It's also going to go into repentance and forgiveness. And it's going to talk about uh, just a lot of the history of uh, Moses and Joshua and, and some of the things that God was speaking to Israel. It's really powerful. It's been speaking to me a lot in this season and just to kind of kind of bring biblical clarity to what I 
I believe is, is really foundational to this idea, uh, that's a great place to start. The other challenge I want to throw out there is start taking communion and look at 1 Corinthians 11 and look at that section where it talks, examine yourself and process through what it might look like to take communion on a regular basis, whether it's with your family or if it's yourself as an individual. I don't believe anywhere does it say in the Bible that you can't take communion, uh, that it has to be given by a priest, that it has to have some special uh, spiritualized thing to it. Uh, I know that there is the Catholic faith and they have some pretty intense uh, perspectives. I, I don't know if I want to say intense. That's That was the wrong way of saying it. They just have, they have very holy views on communion and, and, I, and, I, and I honor that. I respect that. Uh, that's not what I believe about communion. So uh, if you disagree with me, that's okay. But for those of you who are interested in communion and, and really just a time to, again, examine yourself, it's a beautiful time. I've been practicing it for the last two weeks uh, where I'm honestly taking communion every day on my own. I'm getting up around 5.30 and frying up a tortilla in the skillet, and I have some grape juice, and I listen to the word for a while before I take communion, and then I, I process with the Lord, like examine my heart, uh, put a spotlight on anything where anything has been, uh, you know, lacking in my spiritual life, where there's been temptation, where where I need to confess sin, where there are things that like I don't want to admit are sin, but they really are sin, whether it be greed or lust or all sorts of, def- you know, certain types of fear can be, uh, can lead to sin. Uh, so there's all sorts of things that I'm processing with the Lord. And I had another phone call come in there, so I apologize. <laughs> Chris, we're doing our best, aren't we? Yep. I apologize for the breakup in that challenge. So I was saying, uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm learning a lot about myself as I'm, as I'm doing communion every day, and it's honestly been hard. It's been really hard for me. So I'm not going to say that doing communion is going to be easy. It's hard to examine yourself because there are certain things that come up where you have to apologize for certain things that like you really don't want to have to apologize for. And you need to, there's, there's, there are, you know, really important parts of the process to fully confessing to the Lord and and doing communion, uh, well, because as, as you're aware of, if you've done communion in church before, there's a really important part of communion where it talks about, you know, really examining yourself, confessing fully before you take communion because there are judgments um, and there's consequences if you don't do communion well. So I just think it's a beautiful practice. Uh, I'm really excited about where it's bringing me in my faith. And I think it's going to be something that I, that I bring for the rest of my life, which I don't get to say that very often. Like I found something that I believe has such powerful benefits that I'm going to bring it with me for the rest of my life. It's really changing everything in regards to my thoughts on confession, repentance, and reconciliation, which for communion specifically, it's helping me reconcile afresh with God every day. 
but then it's helping me be reconciled with people uh, because I am apologizing and, and trying to make things right if, if I don't think that they are. Those are my challenges. So Chris, any final words for us? Thanks so much, everyone, for being here. Chris, any final words before we uh, head off? Um, I just want to thank Golden for allowing me to do this. Hmm, um, I hope man. all my words would speak into you guys' hearts. Yes. And I hope that you guys would just take this to heart and that you guys will use what advice was given and what ideas were sent. Right. So I just encourage you guys to just go forward and just hope you guys just stay safe with everything going on in this nation. Yes. Yeah, we bless you in Jesus' name. We just plead the blood of Jesus over your doorposts of your house, over your soul, that you would be protected. And uh, we thank you so much for spending time Mm -hmm. with us today. Hey everyone, thanks so much again for listening. I apologize for not getting to part of the conversation that I said we would get to, which was how Chris got into youth development and getting into college. We just ran out of time, and I just want to say briefly that, as Chris mentioned in the episode, that he did get his degree, and a lot of that was in inspiration from doing ministry at the church and so just to connect those dots a little bit i apologize for not letting him speak on that a little bit more the other thing i wanted to share was just a sweet testimony briefly i came home uh, tonight and this was the day that we finished recording the podcast with chris and my wife told me that my daughter ember had had two really big meltdowns Um, Just, again, still struggling a lot with the transition and just praising God tonight because my daughter, um, both times she had meltdowns, she went to Ellen and apologized and and said she wanted to um, basically say sorry the first time. And then the second time she actually said, I want to say sorry and I want to be a better daughter. And just an awesome little example of what we've been talking about in this episode of a five-year-old who is able to, without being told to, be convicted by the Holy Spirit and ask for forgiveness. And so, and why I say convicted by the Holy Spirit is because Ember did ask for the Holy Spirit about a month and a half ago. And it was kind of out of nowhere. Obviously, we go to church and we talk about God and we talk about Jesus and we talk about the Holy Spirit. And uh, she asked for the Holy Spirit and we uh, celebrated um, by going out to Chinese food. And and we really made a, you know, a a real celebration out of it because it was a big deal. All that to be said, I want to share just in light of what happened with Ember tonight and uh, specifically my wife she's really been trying hard to respond well to ember it's been challenging but she's doing a great job my wife is at responding well and i want to read this verse it's out of romans chapter 2 starting in verse 4 or do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath 
Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is to charge, that is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking. Seek his purpose for your life, but because of your callous stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are deliberately storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And the, and the scripture continues to go on. And that's from the Amplified Version. I feel like it spoke a little bit more clearly about what was going on without having to read the whole chapter. So I usually read from ESV, but I hope that that really stuck out to you, specifically the part where God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. And so I just think about you know what we've been sharing about even if we have 1% of the, the blame in, in, in humility and in kindness if we apologize for that 1% and we show the person who's 99% responsible for the problem that just breaks down walls it breaks them down and so thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll uh, continue to transition out of the podcast all right everybody before i let you go here today i'm gonna play an outro song from bethel called jesus we love you and we're gonna hear a word from our sponsor also have a great week thank you so much for spending time with chris and i bless you in jesus name bye-bye Our sponsor for the month of April is Select Painting. With over a decade of professional experience in the Sioux Empire, voted number one in local best surveys for eight consecutive years, Select Painting is South Dakota's largest painting company. I am honored to say that while SP continues to impact the lives of their employees and customers as they grow, the company relentlessly aims to deepen their vision of transforming lives growing in excellence. I have the honor of witnessing the owners Managers, leaders, and painters continue to practice the values of family, fun, grit, and growth in a way that changes the atmosphere of every job site they work on. In April, Select Painting is offering interior free estimates and exterior free estimates, and we have a lot of room for all our customers. So we are also taking extra measures during this COVID-19 crisis to make sure that we are being clean and extra safe and sanitized as we go into our customers' homes and property. Thank you so much, Select Painting, for all you do to make this podcast a reality. Old things have passed away.